my podcast, Really Is That The Way You See Me? This podcast focuses on opening up the blind spots in your relationships, never forgetting the most important one, which is the relationship that you have with yourself. The opening of these blind spots is proportionate to your willingness to view the world from a different lens, and from that lens, then seeing what is possible. Satisfying and fulfilling relationships are available to you without changing anyone else, but rather opening up your perspective. I love this quote by the Buddha, when all is understood, all is forgiven. So let's begin to uncover some of the things that are hidden from our view in our relationships and with ourselves. Hi, and welcome to episode three called Relationships, Compatibility, and the Enneagram. As always, the focus of this podcast is to uncover new and empowering ways to see yourself and others through a different lens. Today, I'll be sharing with you a brief introduction to the nine Enneagram personality types. And in future episodes, we'll continue to add to your knowledge base of this system by breaking down each aspect of the Enneagram into digestible chunks until you have an overview picture of this personality system and how it works. In upcoming episodes, we will be hearing from the types themselves. And you can also read more about this on my website. So the Enneagram. The Enneagram personality types were not designed to limit you to a particular type or try to squeeze you in a box as if there were a one-size-fit-all, but rather give you a piece of a blueprint to your underlying motivations that affect your automatic and unconscious behaviors. Also, this system goes into depth and addresses the many different layers to our psyches. This is a system that one can study for many years, which I personally did. But no worries, you don't have to, to reap the benefits. What I found so fascinating about the Enneagram is that once it is understood and mastered, it serves as an efficient and effective tool that lasers to the core of one's needs and automatic reactive behaviors. This system also offers a way to uncover your blind spots and innate gifts, as well as those of others. This discovery leads to a deeper level of love, appreciation, understanding, and compassion. I have observed that most Enneagram novices and enthusiasts relate to the Enneagram as a nine personality typing system in which you are one type with wings, lines of connection, or stress points, which I will discuss in future episodes. I personally come from the school of thought that we have all the types within us, and it's just a matter to which degree. I was introduced to and trained in the theory that we actually have three main drivers or types, a primary, a secondary, and a tertiary type, which make up what I call your Enneagram personality trifecta. But for now, let's focus on a brief description of all the types and begin to explore how they interact with each other. I would like to note and acknowledge that the research and discovery of this information is a combination of bodies of work of Don Riso and Russ Hudson, Claudio Naranjo, and Catherine Schoenig-Farber. Okay. And when you're listening to this and the descriptions, see which types you could relate to. Type one is the reformer. Type two is the helper. Type three is the achiever. Type four is the individualist. Type five is the investigator. Type six is the loyalist. Type seven is the enthusiast. Type eight is the challenger and type nine is the peacemaker. 
Okay, now for a brief description of each type. Type one, the reformer. This type is also known as the perfectionist. The gift of this type is diligence and will. They can occur to others as rigid and judgmental. And what they project onto others is nothing in comparison to how hard they can be on themselves. This type at its best is meticulous, detail-oriented, and purpose-driven. With the insight and compassion to dance with the imperfections and messiness of life and a desire to make it better. The archetype for the type one is the critical parent who strives for perfection for their children in the world and yet is unaware of how critical and sermonizing their delivery can be and the impact it could have on others. A few famous type ones are Mahatma Gandhi, Martha Stewart, Ayn Rand, Nelson Mandela, and Martin Luther. Type two, the helper. This type is also known as the helper or caregiver. The gift of this type is their ability to nurture and care for others. The trap for this type is when they become meddling and invasive, giving unsolicited advice and thinking that they know what's better for you than you know for yourself. This type at at its best is unconditionally loving and nurturing without any strings attached. They have an ability to track the needs of others and ask for permission before they actually help. The type two archetype is the stereotypical Jewish mother who wants to help her children and help others. And yet at times could be too much by overstepping boundaries, being invasive to one's need for autonomy. Famous type twos are Florence Nightingale, Mother Teresa, Ava Perone, and Luciano Pavarotti, the opera singer. Type three, the achiever. This type is also known as the status seeker. The gift of this type is their ability to be interdirected and excel in some area or in the world. They have a can-do approach to accomplishing their goals. This type at their best uses their gifts and talents to motivate and support others, allowing for another to shine. The trap for this type is when they unconsciously believe that their worth or value comes from their achievements, how they are perceived by others and not from who they truly are. Thus, they become competitive, threatened, and undermining the success of others. The archetype for the type three is the star or the best. They can be the icon of excellence. Famous type threes are Oprah Winfrey, Tom Cruise, Tony Robbins, Elvis Presley, Tiger Woods, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and Taylor Swift. Type four, the individualist. This type is also known as the unique or special one. The gift of this type is their ability to delve into and hold the space for painful emotions. They have a need for depth and profoundness in all of their relationships, interactions, and experiences. This type at its best is intuitive, original, empathetic, and emotionally enduring. They can have the ability to turn their pain into some kind of creative expression, art, or beauty. The trap for this type is when they believe that they are not having a painful feeling, but they are their painful feeling. When the, when the painful feeling becomes a part of their identity, they believe that the more they suffer, the more authentic they are. This painful experience is usually stimulated by a disappointment, a lack of attunement, 
or feeling that they are not being seen or known in the way their ego desires. The archetype for the type four is the artist or the tragic romantic. Famous type fours are Alanis Morissette, Johnny Depp, Sylvia Plath, Prince, and Joni Mitchell. Type five, the investigator. This type is also known as the intellect. The gift of this type is the depth of vision. They have the ability to focus on an area of interest, uncovering any nuance becoming an, and becoming an expert on that topic, and discovering something new and original in their findings. The trap for this type is an intellectual arrogance. Also, when doing their research, the more you know, the more you find out you don't know. And this is true for the type five also. This can lead to overusing their minds, ignoring their intuition and discernment, which comes from connecting to one's emotional intelligence. And as we all know, one person cannot be the expert on everything. The type five at its best is focused, perceptive, and can have a non-emotional attachment to their findings, which in research gives them the ability towards objective discoveries. The archetype for the type five is the scholar. Famous type fives are Stephen Hawking, Albert Einstein, the character of Dr. Murphy in the show, The Good Doctor, Bill Gates, Howard Hughes, Alfred Hitchcock, David Lynch, and Stephen King. And also the philosopher Descartes, who said, I think, therefore I am, which is definitely a five statement. (laughs) Okay, type six, the loyalist. This type is also known as the true believer and the doubter. You may think, wow, that's a contradiction. And they are. One side of the type six is loyal to their beliefs. And yet they can flip on a dime to being skeptical in the next moment. One of their gifts is their ability to be an outstanding troubleshooter because they're always scanning for inconsistencies and what can go wrong. At their best, they are the clarity of vision, loyal, responsible, and can create order out of chaos. And they trust their inner and highest guidance. A red flag for this type is when they start second guessing and not trusting themselves. At this point, they start pulling with others and looking for guidance. The archetype for the type six is the dedicated supporter. Famous type six are Julia Roberts, Justin Timberlake, Eminem, the character of George Costanza in Seinfeld. Type seven, the enthusiast. This type is also known as the energizer or optimist. The gift of this type is the breath of vision. They are visionaries who can see and focus on the big picture and not so much on all the details. They are fun-loving and focus on what's possible. At their best, they use their gifts to inspire others. They can turn lemons into lemonades in any given situation. The trap for the type seven is when they begin feeling trapped. When they believe this to be true, they become anxious and self-absorbed and insensitive to others, frantically trying to get what they want and need. The archetype for the type seven is the cheerleader. Famous type sevens are Jim Carrey, Robin Williams, Lady Gaga, Steve Jobs, Mozart, and Steven Spielberg. Type eight, the challenger. This type is also known as the boss. 
The gift of this type is their ability to take charge and protect those whom they consider to be their people. They also will protect the underdog. At their best, they have a magnanimous heart with the strength, decisiveness, and confidence to create change. The trap for this type is when they perceive a threat of betrayal or being seen as weak. At that point, they become tyrannical and acting out in aggressive and forceful ways. The archetype for the type eight is the leader. Famous type eights are FDR, Alec Baldwin, Donald Trump, Martin Luther King Jr., Queen Latifah, and Susan Sarandon. And last but not least, type nine, the peacemaker. This type is also known as the mediator. The gift of this type is acceptance and their ability to see all points of view. There is no type more committed to peace and harmony than the type nine. At their best, they are kind, peaceful, and easy to be with. They are able to mediate conflicts with each person feeling safe. The trap for this type is when they believe that their inner peace comes from avoiding any conflicts. This avoidance can become repressed anger and resentment towards themselves or others. The archetype for the type nine is, is the peacemaker. Famous nines are the Dalai Lama, Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, Carl Jung, Ringo Starr, Abraham Lincoln, and Walt Disney. I hope from the brief descriptions of the nine personality types that you could begin to understand that there are no better or worse types. All there is, is to be the most healthiest, self-aware of the type that you already are. I love this quote by Oscar Wilde. You might as well be yourself because everyone else is already taken. For those of you who are interested, I have these descriptions as a PDF to download on my website at relations with an S hyphen coach.com. So how do these nine Enneagram types and their differences interact and impact your relationship? And what happens when they do? Here's an example of how two different Enneagram types can be attracted to and yes, also be challenged by each other. Bart. Bart is a type five investigator. And as stated before, this type has the depth of vision focus and has a need to know and be the expert. The love of his life, Robin, is a type seven, the enthusiast, who is more about the breadth of vision with a focus on the destination or end result, but not necessarily the steps it takes to get there. She loves new experiences and spontaneity. I am sure many of you had heard the saying opposites attract, and there is a bit of truth to that initially anyway, but not in totality. At times, do you ever find yourself fantasizing about the perfect mate, even catching yourself saying, I just want someone who thinks and does things just like me. I know I have. But really, as a species, what we seek is diversity and for the other to bring to the relationship the traits that we are lacking. We also ideally want a mutual appreciation and respect for each other's gifts and differences. Or at least if we're honest, we want this from the other. Isn't that true? Now, getting back to Barton Rahman. When they first met, they felt as if they put an order into the universe for a mate and their wish was granted. In the beginning, during the honeymoon phase of their relationship, 
Every interaction was magical, enjoyable, and exciting. Every moment spent together was an unexpected pleasure. They loved and appreciated how their different perspectives and gifts seemed to complement each other. Robin loved Bart's intelligence, quirkiness, and the many new experiences that he would introduce to her. Bart loved her gregarious spirit and her natural ease in which she interacted with the world. They would converse daily for hours. And in addition, they had great chemistry, which made it even more perfect, or so they thought. And as most relationships go through phases, so did the one between Bart and Robin. At some point, their Enneagram personality type differences began to cause irritations and conflicts, setting in motion their unconscious defensive behaviors. Once this happened, their conversations, which was once one of the, their favorite things that they shared and enjoyed most about each other, became a trigger for an upset, causing a rift in their connection. Bart, as a type five, the investigator, who has a need to know everything and be the expert, would start challenging Robin whenever her point of view did not match up with his understanding or perspective. Robin, as a type seven, the enthusiast, who needs to be free and an independent thinker, felt undermined, frustrated, disappointed, and hurt by this behavior. As a result, she would start showing Bart all the ways in which he had no idea that he, what he was talking about, which of course triggered his fear of being wrong and ignorant. And for the type five, the investigator is almost worse than death. Now, this stimulated Robin's needs as an enthusiast to keep things positive, lively, and fun. And each time this upset would occur, her fear of being trapped in pain with no escape or resolution in sight would be activated. This, by the way, is one of the core fears of the type seven. More than 50% of the time, something like this example is enough to cause a breakup in a relationship. At this point, our minds could start telling us that this person is no longer safe or care, doesn't care about our feelings or needs. And then we throw out the baby with the dirty bathwater, so to speak. Luckily for Robin and Bart, they were introduced to the Enneagram personality typing system. Once they both started viewing the upsets and disappointments from their Enneagram personality type and the type of the other, they began to see that it was just a different unconscious defense mechanism that was feeding off of each other, creating the Chinese handcut phenomenon, which is the more they would struggle to change the other, the more stuck in the dynamic they would be. This began the journey of getting to know each other, not just from their idealized projections, but rather for who they truly are. Can any of you relate to some aspect of this example in your own relationships? Can you imagine what would be possible if you were able to understand the Enneagram personality differences? and willing to consider the lens in which another sees the world. Next week, we will continue to build on the Enneagram personality typing system, and I will introduce you to the Enneagram personality trifecta and further your understanding of its impact and ways it can improve your relationships. Okay, so here's the recap of today's show. One, we're all wired differently. 
Two, there are nine basic Enneagram personality types, each possessing their own unique gifts and challenges. Three, understanding our differences through the wisdom of the Enneagram allows for deeper, more meaningful and fulfilling relationships. And four, when you get triggered by someone you love, there is a good chance there is a lack of understanding. In addition to taking it personally by not considering the other's perspective. If you have any further questions, you could reach me by visiting my website, relations-coach.com. And remember, don't forget the S and the dash. Or you can email your questions to iris at relations-coach.com. Also, please feel free to take my Enneagram personality trifecta test and take advantage of the complimentary 15-minute consultation to either briefly discuss your results or you can use it if you're struggling with any personal or relational issue and see if our working together is a right fit for you. To receive my not-so-monthly blogs, upcoming workshops, specials, and any available handouts, please join my email list, which you could find on my website. If you enjoyed today's episode and are interested in listening to previous and upcoming episodes, please feel free to subscribe. You can find us at Really Is That The Way You See Me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, or whichever is your preferred platform. And most importantly, I want to take a moment to thank you for creating time in your day to listen to this podcast. It is my pleasure and honor to be a conduit that can lead to happy, loving, and fulfilling relationships. I look forward to connecting with you and catch you on our next show.